Welcome everyone to Lucha World Podcast episode number 66. Uh, Fredo Sparza here, solo. Kurt Brown is on assignment. He is finishing watching Lucha Underground. He should be back by the time Aztec Warfare happens. He's um, he's actually watched two episodes of season three. That's the last update I've gotten from him. Um, who knows, maybe by, by the weekend we'll find out if he's watched one more episode. I'm not I'm not sure. I know he watched some CML recently, so that's that's good. Want to talk about really the the big news this past week was the Dia de los Muertos shows from CML. Um, they had they held three shows. All three are themed based on um, Dia de los Muertos, Halloween. So everybody gets all dressed up for this. I kind of thought the shows weren't really that great. Really, I think each of the shows maybe had one good match on them. The the Friday show, actually they had good crowds, so, you know, it's working for them. I think it works for them, like, if you go to the show live, it it really works. It really must, it comes across much better, because you get to see the, 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 the actual artwork and everything that they do at Arena Mexico, and you see the dance, the dance segments and all that. We actually didn't get the dance segments this this year because um, of the music issue that they had with the Aniversario. So I'm guessing CML pretty much figured they shouldn't do that this this time around. Probably means that's the end of them showing dance routines on um, on their on their live streams. Yes. Uh, so basically, I think after the they didn't have the Ericanes or the any of the Guardians the, of the Dead. The, the little minis who dressed who who painted themselves up to look like skeletons, the the Aztec goddess they weren't there for the first I think the first two matches, and then they came out for the third or the fourth match I think it might have been the third match, they they um they actually started the celebration a little early, for the past three weeks on CML Informa they had um the the two people in charge the two artists that are in charge of the of the Dia de los Muertos shows the artwork and all that. They were at, they were brought in as guests, and they would bring in like a different character or characters on the show. And this past Wednesday, the the Wednesday before the the Universal Championship show, um, they brought in the Guardian, and the Guardian actually took Julio Cesar Rivera, the CML ring announcer, to hell to end the show, which was great. The Friday show. Dallas did play the was was in the role of the Aztec goddess. I can't pronounce the name or anything, um, but she did great in that role. But the show itself, I mean, I I I think the crowd was great. I mean, they kept they had a really good crowd, very loud. I think the crowd made the matches a little better because you you just heard them react really great to everything. Um, the main event was Valiente beating Volador Jr. to win the CML Universal Championship. Um, the match was good. I don't think it was as great as like Volador Jr.'s matches against um, Barbaro Cavernario or Negro Casas or some of the other matches he's had, singles matches, and you know, not just in CML but in the Indies. But I thought it was pretty good. Um, Valiente busted out the Valiente special, did a lot of good stuff. I just think Valiente wasn't wasn't at the level of the other guys because you already knew what the, some of the stuff he he could do in the in the ring. He's not he's not he's really not a guy who's really evolved. I think he's kind of reached the point where he's pretty much who he is. And as as usual, Volador Junior usually has does certain things that 
there's certain, I mean, if, if he's, if you're not going to do something completely different, he's pretty much going to do about the same thing in the, in the match, which is great. The, I thought the, the, the result was very surprising because normally you could have seen, you, you could, CML could have gone with Volador Jr. just winning the title and make, continuing on the, this being the year of Volador Jr. But instead they decided to make Valiente. I'm not sure. I think everybody expects Valiente to now move up. I'm guessing with Mascara Dorada leaving, leaving, um, that pretty much moves Valiente a little bit higher in the, in, in, in the, in the promotion. Although really Valiente has kind of already been at that point at that level, right? That Mascara Dorada is in. So perhaps maybe more a guy who they'll, they, they can trust in singles matches, especially now with the other guy who won a, a couple of days later. And Valiente was one of the people that actually lost in the in that um, Torneo Cibernético. Actually, lost the Torneo Cibernético to earn a shot at the NWA World Historic Title, light heavyweight title that um, Echicero won on Tuesday. Um, so maybe that's something they can go to down the road where they can give Valiente a, a title match. Um, but the match was good. Show was you know it was it was what you kind of expected. Um, the Sunday show I didn't watch the entire show. I only watched the main event. Ultimo, Ultimo Guerrero beat on Rush, which wasn't surprising. The other thing, when since since they were doing the Day of the Dead um, gimmick, after every match, the losers were taken to hell. Uh, so, but when Volador Jr.'s turn, when it was Volador Jr.'s turn to go to hell, he um, he just basically said he was he, he just the the guardians were supposed to like carry him out, but instead he just walked in. Um, with Rush, he fist bumped all the guardians and, and walked like he owned the place. So he just walked like he was hanging out with his friends and, and was going to hell with his friends. The only, the only guys that I really thought did a great job of selling the whole hell gimmick were the La Peste Negra when they were taken out. Um, especially Felino, who was carried out by four of the, four of the guardians. Um, Dallas mentioned that, um, when um, Peste Negra lost and Negro Casas was taken to hell, um, their granddaughter was very upset with her for sending um, her granddaddy to um, <laughs> to hell, which I thought was funny. That that stuff was fine. I I think there's some people who thought it was kind of silly, and I think it if you're watching it live, it does come across silly. But when you go when when you're seeing the people in the, attending the show and there's kids going to the show, kids are going to dig that, and I think that's what's more. Um, and parents are going to dig that, so. I kind of thought that was all right. The Tuesday show was... I actually thought the Tuesday show was probably one of the... Well, actually, I didn't think the Tuesday show... The Tuesday show was about the same as every the other three shows. Um, but the match, Echicero beating Ray Bucanero to become the... To win the NWR World Historic Light Heavyweight title. I thought that match was great. Um, Ray Bucanero, if you've been watching him lately in singles matches, hasn't been very good. It's not an effort thing. It's more of a... He can't really do that stuff anymore. He's he's better suited in the role of being a third guy in a trio, and even that, like he's pretty much broken down lately. Um, he had that match with Felino, which was awful. Like I think last year, and then the, or a couple years ago, I can't remember. I think it was last year, and um, this past anniversary, he had that match with Super Crazy, and they both Super Crazy and Ray Bucanero tried, but it just it was horrible. I mean that that match. I, I don't think I think there were a few people who said it was okay, but I think everybody else thought it was horrible. 
Well, if you watch those matches, you pretty much expect the Rey Bucanero to be pretty bad in this match. But you'd be surprised. If you haven't watched that match, I highly recommend watching it because Rey Bucanero, um, he brought it. He came He came to wrestle. He came to show. He, 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 I think he realized he was in there with a really talented guy in it, like Echicero. And Echicero was great. Um, Bucanero did, held his own for a bit. Really, I kind of, I was kind of worried. There was a part of me that I was kind of worried that maybe they were just going to, you know, go back to just Bucanero retaining the title. But I was really glad that they went with Echicero. Really deserved it. Um, Echicero made the comment on one of the informers that he wanted to defend the title every week. <laughs> well, if the lineup for the next Tuesday already came out, he's in Guadalajara next week. So he's really not he, in a trios match. So he's not defending the title. Um, would have been great if they had him defend it weekly. Would have been it would have been a nice thing to give all of us all the fans who watch the Tuesday shows or even the fans who skip the Tuesday shows because I mean I think there's a lot of fans who are are not even bothering watching the Tuesday shows of late because um, they know they're not that interesting nothing's really going on on those half the time um, I think we pick the we pick the matches where there's like a, the shows where there's like a Titan versus Mephisto or or a, a, a really good singles match or really good trios match or a loaded show and lately there's not that hasn't happened on the especially on not just on tuesdays but on mondays also let's see what else i'm glad to see echicero win on um, that same show hijos del infierno retained the mexican national trios titles over diamante azul mascara dorada and mystico um after the after, after the show actually the big news after this was where the were the were from those two final matches title matches both um echicero gave an interview he was actually uh mas lucha debuted uh their their new podcast so echicero not only did an interview i think he did an interview post show with which one of the guys from mas, mas lucha recorded but then he was a guest on um on their first podcast where he talked about um winning the title and talking about how how um how much it meant to him and he showed up on Informa the, uh, this past Wednesday and talked about that also and, and really just feels that this is, this is the next step for him to get more of a, an opportunity in CML. And, you know, he's already gotten booked in. He's already had an appearance in Ring of Honor, which went well also. He said he, he, said he was very surprised at the, at the reaction of um, Ring of Honor fans to not just him, but to the team CMLL. He, um, God, I'm trying to remember what Oh, well then, from Hechicero, um, Bucanero really praised Hechicero and, to- and talked about how, how he, he knew um, when Hechicero joined CML, he was pretty much already one of the better wrestlers in the promotion and said he was, he was honored to be in a match with him. And the way they reacted, and Bucanero actually brought up how he felt that, that the way the fans reacted to the match, it should have been the main event of that Tuesday show. And I think he... He's he's right about that. I just don't think anybody really expected that. I don't think even CML expected that reaction from um, considering Bucanero's past performances and Echicero's really a guy who's more on the rise and they really haven't really um, put as much focus in. Hopefully this means Echicero's going to be a main event Rudo for them because they really need a new a new, a new new Rudo. Him and, Buc- and Car- Barbara Carbonari are really the two guys that they really should focus more on as the two new young rudos in the in the promotion after the trios interview uh, after the trios match mascara dorada was interviewed by mas lucha and he basically mentioned that that tuesday show this past tuesday show was his final arena mexico tuesday show then he announced that um these would be that he had 
his final dates for CML were coming up. His final Puebla show would be on um, November 7th, next Monday. His final Guadalajara show would be on November 8th, next Tuesday. And he wasn't sure when. He, at the time, he wasn't sure when he would have his farewell show in Arena, Mexico. But he had spoken to um, Paco Alonso and CML um, boss Paco Alonso. And Paco Alonso had said that um, he would have his farewell show. They were going to do something special for him as a farewell, as a, like, a, a farewell show, basically. And um, so at that time, he didn't know when. Uh, CML early Thursday mentioned that um, his final show would be on next Friday, November 11th, would be his final show. And they, they would be um, doing, a, I guess they would be doing something special for him, that that show. Probably give him a little plaque and and a little moment. Just give a, I don't know what, you know, CM, with CML, you never know how much they're going to do. I'm guessing they're just going to let the fans give him a, 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 an ovation to to thank him for his time and everything. Um, Mascaradora actually, he mentioned that he really wanted his final match in CML to feature um, my, uh, him teaming with Atlantis. And as an opponent, he wanted Negro Casas. And he mentioned that he wanted both of them because they were very supportive. And also because Atlantis is also a, a guy he grew up idolizing since they're both from Guadalajara. And um, I think, didn't, I think, I'm pretty sure that they, they twice won the, that, um, that Parejas Increíbles tournament or that um, that National Parejas tournament, if I recall. But he talked about how they both were always very good to him, gave him advice, um, talked about how Negro Casas put him over after a title match when Negro Casas basically said that he was going to be the, one of the next stars of CML, CML. Not just CML, but one of the big stars of um, to come out of Lucha Libre. And so he said he's kind of proving him right on that. So that should be something very interesting for um, CML for the next week. I'm going to be going to be kind of sad to see Mascara Dorada leave. Although I, I think there's got, there's so many guys in CML that are chomping at the bit to like move up the ladder. And one of those guys that um, if you go on the Lucha World website, um, we posted a, an interview conducted by Liger Fever with um, Triton after uh, I think it was after the his match with um, in um, for Pro Wrestling Revolver in Iowa. He talked about, Triton talked about wrestling in the U.S. and being an independent, but he also talked about when he returned, when he returns to Mexico, he was going to talk with CML and hope to move up the the cards because he, he doesn't want to be there and still be stuck on the set in the second, third match of the card. You know, the bad thing now is um, since he left, the women have now moved up the card, so Technically, they're now taking. I think the third, or I think it's the third match on the on the car on the on the shows. So that basically leaves maybe the fourth, fifth, sixth match. Sometimes just the fifth or sixth match on the sh- on the show. But I think Triton, Girl Maya Junior, um, Drone. Uh, there's so many guys. Sobrano Junior, the Panther. So many guys that are like trying to move up the card. And CML has so much, um, so much talent, and right now that they, 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 they kind of don't really do a lot with them. But hopefully, one of those guys gets to move up, and at least gets to feel a little better about their, their career. And hopefully, that that moving up helps them like get more of a more bookings and more, um, you know, more opportunities, not just with CML, but getting to go to New Japan and Ring of Honor. 
Um, speaking of New Japan, um, New Japan announced the dates for the 2017 Fantastica Mania Tour. Um, it's going to run from January 13th through January 22nd. They announced the shows from the 13th through the 19th. And um, they had Tiger Hattori and um, Mr. Sugabayashi on, on this past Wednesday, Simal Informa, where they talked a little more about um, the, the tour. The, and Tiger Hattori mentioned that um, they, had, they still had a couple of tour um, dates that hadn't been confirmed. I'm guessing that's the 20th through the 22nd. Actually, I think the 18th or the 17th, one of those dates is also not confirmed. Um, they don't have a venue yet. So there's a slight chance that instead of it being like, I think this in the past couple of years, it's been five, six shows. I think last year it was five, six shows. This year it's going to be, next year it's going to be seven. Seven or more because they ha- they've already confirmed six and the seventh date was already confirmed, but they haven't confirmed the venue. And then there's the 20th through the 22nd. Um, they also announced, New Japan also announced the, the CML stars that were going to go on the tour. Um, returning again to Japan are going to be Atlantis, Mystico, Volador Jr., Titan, Stuka Jr., Blue, um, Ultimo Guerrero, Euphoria, Barbaro Cavernario, Echicero, and Okumura. N- new, their first time heading to New Japan will be Blue Panther Jr., Soberano Jr., Efesto, and Raciel. Raciel, I think, is probably the big surprise to me because I think Efesto, you know, you go with the, you sent Mephisto all these years, you send Efesto this time around. And um, I think this is more like a thank you to Efesto for being being so loyal to the to the CML promotion for so many years. Um, I think his son is already training in uh, in with Arena, in Arena Mexico. So that's probably another reason they probably want to, like give him something before they start. His son starts wrestling for them. I think he's wrestling or started training. I can't remember. I can't remember what he what exactly he's doing or he's getting ready to start training. Um, Blue Panther Junior. Obviously, he's going because of all those um, those workout segments on CML Informa. Uh, um, actually, I think it's. I think they they went with since the Panther went lat, um, this past this year, and he's getting to go to Ring of Honor. So they're going with Blue Panther Junior. Going to New Japan for Fantastic Mania next year. Um, Soberano Jr. really got put over big time in the in the New Japan press release. They compared it. They said he was the next Sombra and said a lot of really nice things about him. Um, I I don't know if he's quite at the Sombra at La Sombra level because La Sombra at that point was already like I think it was practically already a semi main eventer and really talented by this point. So I think Soberano Jr. is like twenty twenty one years old. So Sombra was already Sombra was already a main eventer by that point. But yeah, he's he's very talented. I think he's probably the guy that might actually be the the one that takes moves up and takes Mascara Dorada's spot at some point. If he doesn't get taken by um, WWE and one of those, you know, if they're doing an annual cruiserweight tournament, they need new talent. He's going to be one of those guys that they're going to have to take a look at. Um, Raciel, like I said, was the, a surprise uh, when he's when he's on, and maybe this means that he's also moving up the card. Um, when Raciel is on and doing and really motivated, he's really talented. But when he's just like not happy, he's one of those guys who just makes you hate watching his matches against the young Technicos. 
So hopefully this kind of helps him and maybe motivates him and gets him back back on in peak form. You know, the other thing I, I was thinking while watching, looking at this at this tour, in the 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 line, the the, the the participants for the Fantastic Mania. I'm curious if Virus is ever going to get um, sent to Ring of Honor because you know there's a lot of guys in, uh, in in Ring of Honor who would like to wrestle, who'd like to see Virus live. I think. Other CML news. I think that's about it with CML. Um, they they had a yeah. That's basically it out of CML. This this um, they're going to have a title ma- a women's title match this this upcoming Friday with Dallas versus Marcella. They really built that up on the Friday show. It's another you know the the women's division. You know. They've been bringing in. They brought in Metallica and Sonali and Harochita, and I think they're they're they've 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 been a lot a little better than some of the other women that they have. But I'm not sure they're not quite there yet. And you know, if Zuxi's ever eventually leaves, which she might, because if this this story about WWE possibly doing a a women's tournament like they did the cruiserweights. And they brought up how they're going to bring in women from around the world. Obviously, Zuxis, if you're going to bring in a woman from Mexico, I think Zuxis is pretty much at the top of the list. I would really like to see them bring in Kira if they were going to bring in somebody for CML to add. If, if Zuxis leaves to WWE, I'd really like to see Kira join CMLL. I'm guessing that won't happen. But I mean, that'd be a, that'd be the that'd be the the only person that I think would probably improve the division because right now, I mean. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I like. I, I think Haruchita and all of them have done have done a little better than some of the other women. But then, you know, the the, the I think it's not just the, the the who they have. It's the fact that they're doing two out of three falls for women's matches, and it's always trios matches. And it's like there's only so many women's trios matches you can watch on a weekly basis. And now they're doing more because of the the sponsorship deal with um with that company that also um, runs like Kotex and all that. So now you're getting more women's trios matches. And I think really the ideal situation is like maybe do one trios match a week and maybe do like a tag, a a tag match or a a, a match for Lampago or, you know, maybe just do a one fall trio uh, women's trios match. Cause I think this, it's getting to the point where it's the, the, it's just, it's just the same thing over and over again. Um, what other things going on with CML? Um, they had a couple of the, like I said, at Chisero mentioned that they got a very good reaction at Ring of Honor. Um, the Panther got, um, he's the Panther Misterioso Jr. were in um, the Survival of the Fittest tournament that's going on in Texas right now. And um, the Panther advanced to the next round. Misterioso Jr. didn't. I'm guessing that he'll probably be in like a trios match or something. Very, very sad to see um, the the attendance for that Ring of Honor show. Um, I was looking at some pictures on Twitter, and it's it's really sad. The other news this past week, Ray Phoenix was doing a lot of interviews. Um, he did the, he did an interview with Mas Lucha. I think it. I think they. I think he might have done it. I think he did it somewhere between before or after the Lucha Libre Boom show. Um, he talked about his. Um, he suffered a dislocated shoulder and was going to be out a month. Really, he talked. About, he he said the one the one good thing about the injury was that it was it happened. Um, Arena San Juan 
across the street arena san juan is a hospital so he didn't really have to suffer too much with the injury he he talked about he not not only did he do the mas lucha um um, interview he did one with um on conan's podcast boom um conan talked more about his um career like getting started and ray phoenix was talking about how he and um, pentagon jr when they were younger they used to get um bootleg dvds uh from from at a swap meet of um different shows like from czw ring of honor the best of indie show on um, the apw best of indie show i think it was the best of indie show it had to be that one because everybody everybody talks about that one being something that really influenced influenced them guys that their age also talked about how that same guy used to sell them um wcw shows so they would watch everything what else was that was the one amusing thing he also talked about he talked about dtu and how how um he um they um conan didn't know that um that ray phoenix and pentagon jr knew daga from the independent scene in mexico and ray phoenix said uh brought up how how daga and and them would actually um work wrestle a lot in um Coacalco and some other venues um before they actually joined dtu and when they um they joined DTU. I think it, it was when they joined DTU. That had to be somewhere between um, when IWL was going on. But he, Ray Phoenix was telling how, how um, IWL had made um, Daga their big star. And Ray Phoenix and Pentagon Jr. had worked a couple of shows for that promotion. And then um, they worked for DTU. And when they went to DTU, um, Ray Phoenix said um, Daga was being an asshole and showed up at a show and didn't even like... Um, didn't even like greet them or anything because he was um according to ray phoenix he was the the rock star of dtu at the time um the big star of the promotion and he said it took him a while but um after a few after a while um daga kind of came back down to earth and they came back and became friends again so i thought that was an interesting story um it was funny because um ray phoenix was talking about how he worked the iwl Al promotion. Uh, for those who don't remember, the IWL promotion was the one that had that I pay per view where I think Daga wrestled Davy R- Richards. No, it wasn't Davy. R- yeah, he wrestled Davy Richards on another show, but it, he wrestled on, on an I pay per view against. Um, oh God, I can't remember. I think it was. It had to be either Freelance or Mike Segura. I can't remember who it was, but he had this one. This great match might have been Mike Segura. Um, Suicida. I can't remember that, but it was really it was a really great match. That was really the match that kind of put Daga on the map. Actually, not just that match. The he had so, a bunch of matches on, in IWL that they were really pushing him as like the the indie darling of that of that time period. And um, he he um, uh, Conan had wasn't sure what promotion that was, so he asked him if that was the 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 the, the promotion with the two rings um, side by side, which it wasn't. Um, that was EAW, and Ray Phoenix brought up that he also wrestled for that promotion. Um, that's where they found um, Jennifer Blake and Rain and a couple of other people. Um, so then, <laughs> that's a, that was a really good interview. Um, Conan talked more about the about his um, how he got into wrestling and and his career up to um, AAA. And um, I'll get back to that that podcast um, interview, but with. Um, with Mas Lucha, he talked about how um, the reasons he left AAA and how he basically felt that he had pretty much reached a certain point where he knew that he wasn't going to go any higher, and he was pretty much burned out with the, how they were treating him. And um, 
he kind of he kind of made reference that he kind of felt that they were treating him as like a slave and um he just he just if you go on the on 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 the on the Lucha World website you can read the interview um it was really good you could read a recap of the interview um he talked about his future with Lucha Underground which everybody want I, there were really when I was recapping this on Twitter there were really two things that people cared about they didn't really care about the AAA thing I think people were like hey, if he leaves AAA they didn't care they were worried about Lucha Underground if he was going to stay or was gone from Lucha Underground and they were worried about his separated shoulder because there were a lot of matchups that uh, that were re- being um, rumored that were going to happen in November and really at the end of the year now that he was in the independent and um so I mentioned the the shoulder injury. He's going to be back in um I think November 18th. He should be back. Um he's he's going to he's already been announced in a, in a four-way match for Cara Lucha. Um he's he's going to be in something else. I think he's going to be in he's wrestling super crazy for for Martinez Entertainment and a couple of other shows. Um he's going to be in the Crash too. I believe he's going to be in the Crash um show on November 26th 6th also. Yeah. We'll get to that one in a bit. He he was asked about Lucha Underground and he said he hoped he hopes he could stay with Lucha Underground and he mentioned how he knows there's been other people who have had issues with AAA like um, Sexy Star who um, left AAA but she left AAA I think she left in, in January or February before season 3 start, um, taping started so she still stayed with um, Lucha Underground and they haven't said anything about her being of her about her leaving so the 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 feeling is that she's still with the promotion. So Ray Phoenix said that right now he doesn't know because season three is still airing and um here in the United States, um, Mas Luchas in Mexico, as as many of you know, that's Lucha Underground doesn't air in um in Mexico, so that's why he he kind of referenced that in case they didn't they weren't sure um about that. Um, although I'm guessing, uh, I'm guessing the, if there's anybody in Mexico who can find. The Lucha Underground show. It's the uh, Mas Lucha crew. He he said that um, he hopes to continue with Lucha Underground. He wanted to talk with um, the Lucha Underground and El Rey people and work something out with them. Hope to work something out with them. Um, but he made it known that if they told him, if Lucha Underground tells him that he has to remain with AAA, if he has to do, if he has to return to AAA. He does not want to return to be a slave in that promotion. I'm guessing. So really, there's really nothing to no, nothing to, to report on that until until they start announcing. Um, I think he might have. I think he. I don't. I think he was announced for one of those um the those live shows that they did. But he's since he's hurt, he's, he can't really do that right now. He. So I'm guessing once they announce the tapings, we'll know more about that. Um, on the Conan's podcast, boom, getting back to this stuff, um, Conan was talking about how um, AAA had actually gone behind diff- a bunch of their wrestlers' backs and registered um, and names, including the name, you know, everybody's name, like Dr. Wagner Jr., not just in Mexico, but in the United States. And he had mentioned that... Um, Despite that, that they he had heard or he had seen that um, AAA re, uh, registered the Ray Phoenix name and the Sexy Dulce name, which he thought was really like um, low, 
But um, this happens a lot, not just with AAA HTML. If m- many of you don't remember, if some of you might not remember, this happened with the mystical character, and then it also happened kind of like with the Sinkara char- character. I think triple, I think CML tried to um, try to register the the Sinkara name. Now, I'm not sure the Sinkara name, but something involving the Sinkara. I know Super Luchas wrote a story on that because they found the they found the artwork and all that stuff. So. That's that's something that happens. It's not just a AAA thing, but um, a lot of the guys are just shocked that AAA is doing that. Um, Sexy Dulce was set to debut for um, Shimmer, I think, next weekend, uh, November twelfth and thirteenth, and the thirteenth. And she she had been announced as Sexy Dulce, but now they actually changed it to just go with her full name of um, Dulce Gar- Garcia. So. Obviously, I think Shimmer probably realized it was easier just to go have her debut for their for their name. I don't follow Shimmer, so I don't know what the quality of the of the women's wrestling isn't there. But you know, I'm guessing they're more or less more interested in her um, because of her name value. Uh, they actually released the PWI Women's Top Fifty. I I don't know if they just released it or or it just showed up in the among the Lucha reporters because all the Lucha people are really. Um, congratulating um sexy dulce for making the top 10 and the top 50 for women of the for the top 50 pwi top 50 of for women um i don't i don't know if they realize that's not really well it's a big deal because it's a it's a magazine and it, that's been around for a long time but i don't know i don't think most of us who are online really take it as seriously Let's see what else happened uh, oh this past wednesday um are the rudo posted um they 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 found out that the that the wmc promotion was um was gonna run a was running a show on 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 wednesday and um they were promoting a a match that was gonna feature um the prison parka the guy who was pretending to be parka and he was listed as la parka sequestrador which um everybody just found very amusing I don't know what happened with that. Um, they didn't really mention anything else about that, but kind of, kind of doesn't really surprise me that someone would try to take advantage of that. I don't think this guy. I mean, they mentioned this guy was in prison for a long time, so I don't think he was just going to get out for one day unless they were running the show in prison because they had, they had, um, they had Parca Sequestrador teaming up with um, Pentagoncito, I think. So I don't know if that was going to happen. Um, good luck with that. Um, AAA, um, if for those of you, um, the AAA Star Battle Japan show is already available online. Um, there's a few people that have already posted it. I think Real Hero has it on his Google Drive, if you know where that is. Um, or you could find it on the RuTube. He posted on RuTube. I think that's Russian YouTube. I think that's how that was explained to me. It's Russian YouTube. I don't know if you guys want to tr- test that out. Um, just take care, make sure you have all the, your, your, um, antivirus programs you know set up properly i've i've i I don't know i usually go like i usually check on the i think i think since he posted on google drive i could just get it off that but um i usually just watch it when i when i get dvds i do watch i did watch one of the rootubes like for um the dragon gate one of the flamita matches so i do know i do remember that that's actually safe i'm gonna watch that show this weekend and try to and hopefully next week i can talk about it on the on the podcast not sure if I'm doing a pod. I know we're doing the Lucha Talk. Not sure if I'm doing the Lucha World podcast next week because I'm going to be busy. 
from Tuesday all the way through um, Thursday. So I might not do the show. I think maybe I might get Kurt to do a podcast next week too. So if we do it later in the week, maybe we'll do it later and I could get Kurt to do the show. The big news for um, AAA this past week was um, they debuted a new character called Mascara de Bronce, which immediately everybody just started calling, saying they were ripping off Mascara Dorada. Um, it kind of does look like Mascara, Mascara Dorada, and the name kind of just crosses, just comes across as as that. Um, if you follow the history of the Mascara Dorada character, which initially started as Mascarita Dorada, Mascarita Dorada, from his from from what he said, the Mascarita Dorada name actually was started was a, a, a name that he came up with. Um, it was him and um, Antonio Pena that came up with the Mascarita Dorada name that Mascarita Dorada was going to debut with. Um, I think I think the plan was that he was going to debut it in AAA. But um, I think that's that I think Antonio Pena passed away and that's when Mascarita Dorada left. He registered the name. I, I think Mascarita Dorada registered the name, which is why he's able to use the name on the independence you don't hear cml like threatening to sue him and they haven't debuted anybody else as mascarita dorada so i'm guessing that he he was smart enough to get that or he's actually ha- he has something that shows that he actually has a claim to it but that that kind of that that kind of like tells you another whole name issue thing you know if you're really going to go th- about lucha names this is something that goes back years i mean the main mascaras character and all this stuff. So it's really Huracan Ramirez. There's always going to be an issue with names. I'm sure that happens in the U.S. too. It's more it's more common in Mexico because you get so many so many guys who don't really like if they get threatened to if they if they threaten to sue them they just find a way to get get. There's always a loop loophole that they'll find and just continue on. Um, psychosis is another one. Um, so they debuted the mascarita mascara de bronce character. Um, he was apparently, I think it, I think it's, um, Gotita de Plata under the, under the mask. Um, he claimed he's been training with, um, well, they did a, Mas Lucha did an interview with him in character and he talked about how he had been training with, um, AAA for four years with Apache and Aerostar, said he was, uh, said he considered Aerostar his teacher and, um, but hopes to become, a bigger star than than Aerostar or surpass him as, as a star. On that ten tw- on that tw- ten twenty eight show, also they uh, continued a Superfly and Aerostar feud, which just seems weird. I, I, I'm not really sure. It, it just it, AAA. I think with AAA, there's like there's so many people who like have kind of like I think tr- with AAA really. There's more interest and intrigue in the whole um, what's happening outside the ring than in the ring. I mean, in the ring, I I don't think I don't think you have a lot of people talking. About, I mean, seriously, you could go to like every single person's podcast and 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 shows where they do um where they talk about lucha and really uh, AAA doesn't get as much of a much. The only stuff that they talk about AAA is really the what's going on out of the ring that more than in ring, and I think that's something they really have to like get more involved because really the mas lucha show i don't even i don't think the mas lucha guys even talk that much about AAA. they talked to hechicero they talked about iwrg's castillo del terror and they said a few things about AAA, but it really wasn't anywhere as much as what they talked about with cml and all this other stuff um and the stuff that out, happens outside the ring 
Um, I think our our show, actually, yeah, we talked about the the last TV show, and the guys liked it, liked the last um, TV t- and the t- the last TV show. So, Lucha Underground. I guess I could recap two weeks worth of Lucha Underground. The first, the ten twenty six show was awful. Um, that had two intergender matches and had Cage versus Tejano Jr. in in their best of five series. Um, I thought the intergender intergender matches were um, were bad. And then that mat, that show, I, I think Cage versus Tejano Jr. Tejano Jr. was good, but I think the all that stuff with all the the fiction stuff that they the the vignettes and everything, it's just. Hard to like really find it. It, it, it kind of like it wasn't. I think I think when Lucha Underground gets carried away with that stuff, it just loses me. So I didn't really enjoy that show. The show from this past um, Wednesday, um, November second, was a little better. Um, Son of Havoc versus versus Doctor Wagner Junior was a good match. The match basically, the winner of that match would determine. The step for a match involving Mascarita Sagrada versus Famous B. Um, I don't know if I really want to watch that match. I like I like both guys. Um, Famous B, really cool dude. So I, I I'm I'm happy for him and all that. But I don't know if I really want to watch him wrestle Mascarita Sagrada. Actually, you know it's weird because I, Masca, uh, Famous B, I really enjoy his indie work. And he he's done well as the famous B in this in, in in Lucha Underground too the character, but I think in, in Lucha Underground I don't think he's shown as much as it because of because he's work he's wrestling as that character, so he has to do a little less than what he would do in the Indies. So I'm not really as excited about the the and especially it's it's a believers match, so they're going to just have fans bring weapons to the show. Um, maybe that'll help it. Maybe it'll add a little more to it. Um, Wag Doctor Wagner Jr. and Son of Havoc. Really good match. I think. I think the thing that the 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 funny thing is we're seeing Doctor Wagner Jr. having to job so much, having to first of all he's wrestling a lot on this show and and then losing to Son of Havoc, which is stuff that you wouldn't, you know. I don't think he would ever like if if we found the equivalent of Son of Havoc in Mexico, a luchador, the equivalent of Son of Havoc. I mean, a Mexican luchador. I don't think Dr. Wagner Jr. would job to that guy in a singles match. Just like I just like I mentioned the him wrestling uh, Mascarita Sagrada, I don't think that would ever happen in, in Mexico. I'd be shocked unless somebody was paying him a ton of money in Mexico, which you know that's always possible. The other match, I've already forgotten the other match, honestly. The the opening match, I've already like I'm drawing a blank on that. Uh, but the main event was Rey Mysterio versus Chavo Jr. and I thought that match was good, better than I was expecting. But you know, it had Rey Mysterio, so you knew it was going to be. He was going to go all out, and he's, you know, Rey Mysterio had this cool um, outfit, kind of like a, a tribute to the early, the early Rey Mysterio senior character that eventually became also Misterioso. So it kind of had that look to that to it. I thought that was a cool look. Uh, they had Chavo Senior sitting ringside cheering on Chavo Junior in the during the match. At one point, Chavo Sr. decides to grab a chair and get involved right as Chavo Jr. looked like he was about to lose. And it looked like Chavo Sr. was going to hit Rey Mysterio with a chair, but instead hits Chavo Jr. with a chair, which resulted in Rey Mysterio getting disqualified. 
And Chavo Sr. started waving goodbye to him. So everybody just, like, I think maybe for 10 seconds, everybody thought was Rey Mysterio had lost the Lucha, the, the Loser Leaves Lucha Underground match. Uh, but Dario Cueto came out of the office, told the ref that um, he couldn't end it, the main event, his main event, with a, with, with a DQ. So he restarted the match, and um, Rey Mysterio ended up winning. I thought that was I thought that actually I thought it was a good match. There was a, there was some stuff in the match where you know, kind of seemed silly like the six one nine that he did. I thought that was kind of it was a little bit it wasn't that great because he was trying to hit two people, and um, but you know Rey Mysterio won. Chavo's gone. Uh, I'm pretty sure he'll be back in time for like season four, <laughs> but at least we might be he might be gone for a bit. Um, he's been well. I mean he's he's been wrestling. Um, he's still with Lucha Underground, so I don't think that's going to change much. Yeah, so I think the next two weeks of Lucha Underground, I think I think um, in two weeks it's Aztec Warfare. That should be great. At the very least, that's going to be a good match, possibly great. Although I think that might be the one where there's a result that not two people are pleased about. The other show, I think I can't. I know Prince Puma versus um, versus Mil Muertes is happening also. So that in a coffin match, so that should be another good match. I'm not a big fan of coffins of the coffin match, um, especially especially when the guys have to take a bump on the coffins. It's already kind of like some of these guys. Some of these guys are going to end up like hurting themselves worse, especially when you hear about like Shawn Michaels and all these guys getting hurt because of they're landing on bumps on on that sort of thing. Yeah. So the last two weeks this season, I don't think this season of Lucha Underground has been as great as the as good as the first two seasons. It's just not, it's just not, there's something missing. Um, it's not clicking as, uh, there's just, I think there, there's, there's too much of the, of the fiction storylines going on. Like they'll do a show where it's all like this weird fiction shit that nobody, I mean, kids probably like it, but that's the thing. Like when you go to, they don't really, they, they're trying to, they're, I mean, if you're watching the, 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 the movie that's leading up to, um, um, Lucha Underground. They're obviously not really aiming this show to like little kids. <laughs> I mean, unless you really want to scare a little kid watching Hellraiser or some shit like that. Um, it's more of a of a guy's show, like a teens and an and older type of thing. And I don't think they really. I don't think they realize that. I don't think the that sh- that stuff about the the sci fi stuff. It might. It might. There's a. There's. There's a, a, a smaller demographic for that than. I don't think the I don't think the larger audience of lucha fans are really a, as into that, and you know the intergender matches. Ah, uh, man, seriously, I can see the the benefits of it sometimes because some of the women's like when you just have a a, a like a like a Taya versus um sexy star singles match, nobody's gonna want to watch that. But if you add Taya and like it, if you do an eight an Atomicos match with Taya and sexy star on, on both sides it's going to be a little better because you have the guys in there that are a little bit, uh, can carry the match and do a little more. Plus you have like some of the guys like, like when they had that eight, I think they had a trios match or a couple weeks ago. And when Taya's in there with like, like Drago or, or Phoenix, there's more to the match than like, say her versus sexy star. And when sexy star would go against Jack Evans, there was more to that than her facing um, Taya. So that's the way it worked. It, that's the way it, um, it it comes off a little better. What else? Oh, this past um, the Elite Ten Twenty Eight show, uh, 
they, they, the cool thing is they post their TV show so quickly to YouTube. Um, I thought it was a fun show to watch. I watched the entire thing. Um, I wasn't planning on watching the entire thing because, but it, it ended up being good. Um, I thought I watched the, I think the first show, the first match they had on the show was the, the C, they went, they went out of order. So actually, I, I didn't watch the full show. What I did was I watched the individual matches because, um, if you go on YouTube and you watch the full match, the full show, the full TV show, there's like six, seven stops of ads in between the during the show. So instead of just going straight through it, they kept adding an ad. So you had like a minute. Sometimes you'd get the you know those skip ads or the thirty second ads and stuff like that. So to me, it was easier just to watch it on, like split as as the match split because you would only get that one ad. So. I watched the Cibernetico and um, Black Taurus versus Chicano and Mr. 450 match. And I noticed that, that the crowd was really quiet for that match. And I thought the match was okay. It wasn't that great. Mr. 450 and Black Taurus tried. But um, Chicano was okay. But Cibernetico was really bad. They hit Cibernetico a lot in that match. But the thing about that um, that match was... Um, the crowd was really quiet, and I was wondering why that the crowd was so quiet for that match. Well, then I realized because I watched the second match, and the second match was Doctor Caronte Jr., Doctor Wagner Jr., hijo de Doctor Wagner Jr., um, and hijo del Dos Caras versus El Bandido, Golden Magic, and Zubi. And this match was probably this was probably before we before the Echicero Bucanero before watching the Echicero Bucanero match from this past week. That was probably the best match of the, from the, for, if you watch from Friday, through um, through Sunday, that um, that was pro- that was probably the best match, and I'll just let the train pass. I'm serious. I don't know what's going on, lady. There's so many trains passing here in in Walnut Kills of late. It doesn't matter what time I do it. There's a, a train passes every single time. Um, Okay, it's 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 pretty much done. Um, but anyways, back to the match. They they just went wild, just a crazy match. This is like the type of trios match. I think this is what what you all of us would want. Triple A, CML, CMLL, WW with their cruiserweights. This is the type of match that we would want. Um, you basically had Doctor Caronte Jr. being like the little little mini Rudo being a stooge. Dr. Wagner, hijo de Dr. Wagner Jr. and hijo de Dos Caras doing a great job as a tag team, doing a lot of teamwork in their match. Um, Dr. Wagner, hijo de Dr. Wagner Jr. hit this really sick tope right at the, at um, I think it was Golden Magic, where he hit the the tope and just like bounced. They both bounced onto the 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 ramp, the entrance ramp, which would look like this, look like this makeshift thing that they they had some carpenter come in and and make for them. They broke up the boards off the off the guardrails. Um, the guardrail is actually just like a like made out of um made out of wood or something, and they just broke or plywood or something and just broke them um, and used them as weapons. Zumbi, I think you know Zumbi is a guy that I I I I can I can see why like he has a fan following. He's a really fun guy in trios matches. Um, Golden Magic and Bandido are great. Talk about two guys that um that probably CML you know CML brought in Harochita and Metallica. They should have brought in Bandido and Golden Magic, and you know really Golden Magic should have been the guy that they brought in as soon as they said 
they were bringing him in. Um, to, he should have been the guy that would have been the guy to replace um, uh, Mascara Dorada, really. I should mention also in Phoenix's interview, he was asked about um, CMLL, and he said that um, his dream, every luchador's dream is to, rust, to step in the ring and wrestle in um, Arena Mexico. So, you know, this situation with Lucha Underground, if Ray Phoenix doesn't, if they let him go, I mean, he really has a lot of open, a lot of opportunities. I think WWE would snatch him up if he ended up, if, if Lucha Underground let him go, first of all. But if WWE didn't, CML, would pro- CML or Elite would bring him in and welcome him immediately to their promotions. Um, and Elite, you know, Elite has actually been pretty fun. Um, this match that I'm talking about, that, 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 that I'm talking about, the, just a fun match. You, you really don't expect it because Hijo de Dos Caras and Hijo de Dr. Wagner Jr. prior to this match, really, I mean, the stuff I saw, they didn't really impress me. And in this match, they really impressed me. I really liked Dr. Caronte Jr., Talk about he's a guy who was really misused and why well, I, I mean I don't even know if misused is the right word for him in AAA I just don't think he really did a lot there. The other two matches, um, L.A. Park beat Extreme Tiger. I thought that match was a little bit. Um, I think they went with the 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 David versus Goliath concept of the for that that match, and I think it it kind of it didn't really gel for me. And Rey Scorpion beat um, he beat Caristico. And Caristico has been losing so many times in this elite tournament. I wouldn't be surprised if he's if if we if we all took a took a look at all the elite standings and he would be in last place. I wouldn't be shocked, even behind like Nero Casas, who I don't think ever wrestled a, an elite match. I think he might have wrestled one elite match and and called it quits or something. But yeah, I don't. I I, I thought that was good. Um, Ray Scorpion is really good on this show. That's another guy that 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 CML really could use. I, that's the thing with CML; they have so much talent, and I think I think when we complain about it, but at the same time, we start wondering. Like I, I think the way they that CML gets booked, that's the reason that we really um don't see these guys shine in the promotion. It's more of a, it's more um it's more about them have so having so many luchadors on their roster and really not using the Monday, Tuesday, Friday, Sunday shows to to like build them up. It's more like they just throw out random trios matches, random trios match, random trios match. Then they focus on one guy and it's usually on a Friday show. But that Tuesday show, I mean, there's so much they could do with the Tuesday show. I mean, if they're going to do a Martes de Nuevos Valores, they just gave the, they just, Echicero just won the belt. He should be your main Rudo and that promote and on on Tuesday shows in Arena Mexico. He even mentioned that should be like I think he kind of insinuated that that's what he would do if he was doing it. I think everybody would do that. Um, you have um, the Junior Dinamitas who you know you could pretty much elevate into the the third or fourth match. I think they're good enough to already fill in that role on a on a on a Tuesday show. You know you have Garo Maya Junior. You could, I mean Echicero could face Garo Maya Junior. You know every other week. Have them def- or every once a month have them defend the title, feud with somebody. You know you could bring in somebody like the the big names on that, and then like ele- that that that'd be something that would make the show so much funner. Um, I I enjoy Elite Show just because it's so um, it's so wacky because you don't really expect some of these the matches that turn out good to be good, and like I said, that's that's one of the matches I think are, are is, was, made, was something that I really liked. 
talking about more indies, um, The Crash announced the lineup for their November 26th show. Um, before I get to The Crash, um, Teddy Hart's going to be here for UIPW on November 19th. So for those of you guys who want to check that out, November 19th, um, UIPW has Teddy Hart. He's in a three-way versus um, Misterioso, the, the Los Angeles one, who's pretty good, who's very good in the ring. And, and Enigma from Tijuana, another good, um, talented young luchador. Um, that should be a good, that should be a good match. Um, the rest of the card, I'm, I'm, it's mostly just local talent. Uh, I think there's a couple of TJ guys on the card. On the 20th in Los Angeles, I think it's in the Florentine Gardens, FMLL is back. They have Negro Navarro versus Blue Demon Jr. And then they have Blue Panther also on the show along with um, all the luchadors from the area, like Acero Dorado, um, Superboy's kids, um, Superboy Jr., Principe Hindu Jr., Legacy. That looks like a, that looks like a good show, too. Um, the November 26th show, The Crash, for The Crash in Tijuana, um, they have a really good card. Um, the main event is going to be Jeff Hardy, Rey Mysterio Jr., and Ray Phoenix teaming up to face Jeff Cobb, Nicho El Millonario, and Teddy Hart. <laughs> that's like a that's like one of those um dream cards. You got Nicho El Millonario facing his longtime rival Rey Mysterio. Then you have Teddy Hart facing his um his his um his US like I guess the 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 US version of Troublemakers and um Jeff Hardy. <laughs> Although I don't think he's, as, I don't think Jeff is as crazy as Teddy, um, and Jeff Cobb versus Ray Phoenix, kind of a, kind of a lucha underground matchup. Um, the semi-main event is for the Crash Cruiserweight title, Flamita, defending against Extreme Tiger, which should be great. Um, the the fourth match on the show is going to be Willie Mac, Mascarita Dorada, and the Luchador Sorpresa versus Bestia Six Six Six, Black Tower, Black Taurus. And Demos 316. Uh, the third match on the card is going to be a a decision match for the vacant Crash Women's Title: Kira versus Sexy Dulce or Dulce Garcia or the former Sexy Star, however you want to call her. Although, if you don't want to get sued, just call her Dulce Garcia. Um, that might actually be be good because Kira is really good. I actually think she might be the best female wrestler in Mexico right now. Some might say Zuxies. It's between Zuxies and her. Fabi and Mary, I think, could Fabi Apache and Mary Apache could be, but they've. I think from what you from what everybody's talked about them, it's like they're they're so difficult to deal with that it, I, I I think they're having trouble finding women that are willing to work with them from the independent level. Um, the second match on the card is a four way dance between Black Boy, Jinzo. Who is that? I, I'm hoping that's Ronnie Mendoza because I, I don't think he's been called Jinzo for a while. Arrow Boy and Proximo. Proximo, which I'm not sure who that is. And the first match is Arcángel Divino, who's the guy who did. Who, Arcángel Divino is the guy who does the crazy um, La Mística, who used to do it in the, on the streets of. Um, he he they they he made I think he made the top one hundred I think it might have been like the top five in the top one hundred of the Mas Lucha one hundred moves of um I think it might have been two thousand thirteen or two thousand fourteen something like that um, T 
teaming up with Eli Everfly, who's from from this area, from Los Angeles, and Mirage versus Black Danger, Douglas James, and Ultimo Maldito. So yeah, that 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 really looks. That's a stacked show. Should be fun. Uh, more indie news. This past Wednesday, Zatura lost his mask in the, um, the IWRG's Castillo del Terror. Um, Zatura is one of those. Um, he's been. I haven't really seen him. I don't think he's been wrestling that much lately. Um, I know he's he was listed on a few shows, but I don't think he, I don't think he was he wrestled. But um, he has this like he has this really cool mask. I know he was really one of those guys, really good indie wrestler. I think I think he might have been in like two thousand from two thousand ten two thousand eleven around that area around that era. Really good. I know I I know he made one of my Lucha World One Hundreds. That's how I know he's he was really good because if I if if I actually watched your matches in IWRG. Which I did watch a lot of IWRG back then. If, if I knew he was, I know he was good. He disappeared off the face of the planet, which happened. Which you know, if you follow IWRG, you'll know that that happens often. Unless you're like one of the big indie names, like the Traumas or Golden Magic, or some of the guys who later on go on to wrestle in other areas. So yeah, he lost his mask. I think he revealed he, he's 30 years old, which I was surprised because. Like he was wrestling back in like 2010, so I always expect guys to be a little older. What else? Um, yeah, like so. So, um, want to mention that? Um, I I mentioned earlier earlier the Maslucha guys are starting a new podcast. If you have any suggestions for them for them for their for a name for their podcast, send in, send it in to them. Um, I don't know why they don't just call it the Maslucha podcast. They mentioned that they were going to bring back the Esto es Lucha show. At some point in the future, they said they had other projects. They say sound like they're going to overwork themselves and might not end up doing all these things all at once. Because um, it's it's never a good idea to over to to like come up with too many projects. Um, trust me, I think I think everybody who, who covers lucha always comes up with like a million projects and only ends up and and either doesn't get around to doing them or gets around to doing maybe one. But then ends up like not doing it consistently. So hopefully they make a, they 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 come up with a, a. Hopefully they plan this before they made the comment about doing this more frequently. Um, so that's all for this week. Um, we'll be back, hopefully in a couple of a few more day a few days. Um, until then, um, keep watching Lucha, and keep checking the website and. We'll talk to you again next time.